Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario. No, I'm not in Toronto, Ontario. I jumped on a not-so-busy highway, the 400, busted up here to Aurelia to hang out in a really cool... This this used to be, you said a radio? This or? used to be Kix 106, country radio station. Awesome. Are you into country music? I am. We're north of Toronto. Yeah, of course. Really? Like, like <laughs> she's looking like at you like obviously. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't know. Can I'm just kidding, but yeah. I'm yes. A big country fan. Country music seems fun, but I don't get it. What's not to get? They sing about life. Yeah, it's just good vibe music. Good vibe. Are you into old school country music? That's or like, when I began listening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. New, new school country is a bit too like hip hop, mm. pop, pop for me. New school pop, country is a bit country. too hip hop. Not hip hop, pop. Okay. Pop, pop. Yeah, it's too. It's, it's pop too pop country. country. country pop. Yeah, that's true. It is. Yeah. yeah. So you don't like that stuff? Not really, no. You, know, you, you need to be like authentic. Yeah, well, I like twang. some of the newer stuff if they are like more country and yeah, right, they right, have right. no pop. Gotcha, know? gotcha. Yeah. I grew up only listening to country music probably until I was in my teens. Well, not only, but mostly. My parents, um, actually, we used to camp not far. I used to be in Aurelia all the time because we used to camp not far from, in Kirkfield. So it's not Great. that far. Yeah. Um, they actually still camp there. And I recall being like seven years old, sitting around a campfire, listening to country music with my uncles. If I wanted to get into country music, where would you suggest I start? Uh, like who to listen to? Yeah. Eric Church. He's kind of like rock country. Okay. Yeah. The what Chief. You, he goes by The Chief. What do you think about other... What do you think? The Chief? Okay, I'll go. I'll Google The Chief. I, I, I'm only... I'm a little concerned about what's going to come up. Um, Chris Stapleton. He's not exactly country. A lot of people like Chris, how do Chris you, Stapleton. How do you feel about bands that do country tunes like so for example rolling stones would do country tunes right led They're zeppelin great. would do yeah. country tunes kid rock would do country tunes mm-hmm. kid rock's unreal i like kid rock yeah, yeah. so do i yeah. kid, kid, we, i i live by the kid rock rule yes he does yeah which means you can look any way you fucking want and then do whatever you want <laughs> that's <a fucking laughs> because that's what kid rock does <laughs> right i never I want like i that. never feel like i'm underdressed yeah. anywhere because yeah. i imagine kid rock would come in here in a wife beater and jeans <laughs> and a fucking big old fucking country hat and then and they would seat him at Morton's of Chicago and yep. say, here, sir, what steak would you like? Yeah, so. No I'm jacket cool required for Kid Rock. <laughs> for real. I like it. I guess we should do some introductions. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda. And as Mark said, we're in Aurelia. We're at Bliss Wellness, which is a fabulous space. And I'll let our guest, whose name is Roxanne and also the owner of Bliss, uh, tell us a little bit about the place. Um, I will give you a brief idea of why we're here today. Roxanne has been a therapist for about eight years and has spent a lot of time treating MVA patients and in this past summer became an MVA patient herself. And uh, we saw some of her story on social media and Mark wanted to talk to her a lot because it's uh, pretty inspiring, the level of injury that she sustained. And she's got two young children and she's running this clinic. And I would have curled up in a ball. I And as I was telling Roxanne off mic, I was in a MVA last week and I have whiplash and probably a concussion and I want to curl up in a ball every single day. And so looking at her smiling and talking about kid rock and country music, I'm like, man, I'm a baby. Maybe you need to get into kid rock and country yeah. music. Maybe that's the secret sauce. <laughs> well, why don't we do this? Uh, for everybody listening, Roxanne, can you give us a brief introduction about yourself and a little bit about this beautiful clinic that you have here? Well, thanks for the intro. I graduated what. 2012, so about eight years ago, I started treating here in Aurelia at um, a physiotherapy clinic. After a couple of years, I was really, really booked by a few weeks, 
wanted to have some kids. It's always confusing as an RMT when you want to have kids, kind of what path, what path you're going to take. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I think I'm, I'm going to find an RMT to join me and treat my patients while I go off on mat leave. So I did that. I got myself a little clinic, just two two treatment rooms and a waiting room. It was actually across the street on Ontario Street. Nice. A year goes by. I'm ready to go on mat leave. And the girl that came on with me, Brianna, who's now my clinic manager, she was fully booked. And I was nice. like, damn, who's going to treat my patients? <laughs> so I had to hire more. <laughs> then I had to hire more people. It's so such that a I good problem go, to have. Yeah, yeah. So that I could go on mat leave. And then... Uh, we outgrew that space, so we came across the street to this clinic, which was Kix 106. It's a radio station, which works great because all of our most of our treatment rooms are soundproof. That is amazing. I yeah. love that. They had these like awkward glass windows, though, and we could see into the next treatment room. Right. And I was like, this isn't good for a massage clinic. What are we going to do, take all these windows out? So we got... Um, like vinyl, almost like paintings. And we made them look like picture frames on the walls. So I haven't oh, cool. taken you guys through the clinic. But That's so cool. yeah, all these glass windows, we just put vinyl, um, made it look like a painting, painted the frames and it looks like there's picture frames on the wall. Right on. Yeah. I dig it. When you decided to leave the physio clinic and get that small clinic space in your own, hard decision, easy decision? Did you have money in your pocket to do it? Did you have to take out loans? What, what, what's the deal here? Um, I borrowed a little bit of money from my dad. It was a very hard decision. I cried talking to the physio owner because I it, it was great there. I was fully booked. I had it cushy. And I was like, kind of, what am I doing? This is a scary step. But if it doesn't scare you, it's kind of not big enough, right? That's That's you. kind of my motto on life. So I I told him that, and we're still really great friends. He owns the physio clinic next door, and that gave me the opportunity to have the clinic space here as well, like keeping my friendship with him. So right. he kind of respected my decision. He understood it, and we remained do, friends ever since. Do you think he kind of looks at your operation here and says to himself, shit, I wish I just kept her on or maybe gave her a different role, you know, at, at the physio clinic. And then this could have been sort of mine too. Is no, that, no, no, he's proud of me. Right yeah. on, let's get yeah. to here. He's like kind of my my business advisor. He helps helps me with decisions and stuff too. So yeah. Right hey, you have a really sweet setup here. Like aside from having this clinic which is a beautiful space and you have all these treatment rooms and now you have a full staff you've also got a physio like next door so you've got like a built-in referral system if you need to refer someone to physio yeah. you know the guy it's awesome yeah i'm not sure if you guys know us but you've parked in front of crossfit as well yeah i did attached yeah. to us so we're like a little wellness section massage cool. crossfit physio. there's even like a, what, a nutrition place next national, door because we national nutrition yeah we accidentally mm -hmm. pulled in there and then we were told um you're in the wrong space we're like oh sorry oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I they have the job, people though. that sit outside. Yeah. 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 What have they the been doing in the winter, though? <laughs> They've been doing that since COVID started. Well, after, no, in the summer when they were allowed to open back up, they have people that sit outside yeah. in the summertime. So I'm like, what are they going to do in the winter? They have to switch it. Wear snowsuits? Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to figure that out. We'll come back. And we'll, we'll come back in the winter. No, I'm sorry. Aurelia is not the place I want to be in the winter. <laughs> no, it's just, we get a lot of snow. It's just yeah. About, yeah. It, we picked a good time to come here. If we waited like another month or so, we might be stuck here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't like... So then everyone here drives a truck is what I want to say. A lot of people do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Country music. Music and trucks. I get it. Yeah. It just goes together. <laughs> I love it. So you've been a therapist for eight years, as you said, and now you've got this business. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what your practice looks like currently. I mean, 
pre-accident, what what type of practice did you have? I think you said you don't even take new patients anymore, right? You're so busy. No, most of our therapists don't take new patients because a lot of them are veterans, 25 years experience, 15 years experience, 13 years experience. A lot of them have been treating for so long. We just don't have room to accommodate new patients. We have to fit in our regular people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's mostly rehab, um, OPP headquarters. I don't know if you drove past it. We did, yeah. I was a little scared, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. So a lot of people come from OPP headquarters. A lot of people are just OPP in general. Um, Yeah, half of us are doulas. Um, so we were, we had a whole section of the business called Bliss Babies. This was before the accident. It's not operating right now. I just don't really have the energy to put into it, but labor support, childbirth education. Which is how I know your clinic manager. Her and yeah. I took the doula training together last yeah, year. So, so we have a lot of prenatal patients. That's a, awesome. a big part of what we do is prenatal, postpartum treatment. We've I think five of us have taken that pelvic course. There's two pelvic physios next door, a physio clinic as well. So, yeah. This is a great setup. If we move to Aurelia, I want to work here. Yeah. You do? (laughs) I'm just just joking. I don't want to move to Aurelia because I don't like snow. But if we move to Aurelia, I I want to work here. I meant about moving, not working here. Because working here seems fabulous. We joke about it because And then Megan works here. I went to school here. And we call it the the Bliss Fam. Like, we're all... Like for the most part, everyone's a very experienced RMT. We're all chill. We're all like kind of spiritual. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. good vibes only. It's right on. I love it. I dig yeah. it. I dig it. I dig it. So I guess we can yeah, dive right into in why we're here today. So I'm going to let Roxanne take the lead. Okay. Maybe just talk about what happened. What yeah. happened. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if we hear anything that we want to get more info on, but your your recollection, although I know that there isn't yes, much, but yes. tell us what happened to you in the so, summer. Yeah, so I have anterograde amnesia. So mm. I don't remember ab- approximately two to three weeks. Anyways, this is what I'm told happened. I left work that day. I picked my children up from daycare, which is a few minutes away. I had texted my mom and a few girlfriends and told them I was on the way. So I was driving from Aurelia to Wasega Beach. I was on Highway 93, just outside of Craighurst, and just going down the road with my girls, and I guess some Jeff was coming down the road. He was in a truck and was towing a trailer. Mm. Um, The trailer came off of his truck into my lane while I was just driving down the road, so I got in a head-on collision with a trailer that had came off of a truck. Wow. Yeah, except it wasn't quite head-on. It just hit me. It was just the front left side, me. That's exactly where it Mm -hmm. hit, right? Yeah, so the helicopter came right to the accident scene. My daughter, my three and a half year old remembers it. Both my girls were fine. Glass went everywhere. She does say there was a boom and then mommy was sleeping and I was really scared. She remembers all that. But she says a bus driver came and pulled me out of the car and made sure I was safe and I got to go in the ambulance. So it's like a positive story for her. And I went into the helicopter. They took me to RVH, which is Barry Hospital. Quick pit stop there just to make sure like, I was alive and going to be okay, Mm -hmm. but then I went straight to St. Mike's, and then I was in St. Mike's for a couple weeks, and then I went to Bridgepoint Rehabilitation Center for a couple weeks. So I was in the hospital for about four weeks total. Yeah, and, you know, everyone knew I was good at work because almost immediately, apparently at RVH, 
I was like awake and I'm talking to everybody and I said specifically to them, somebody contact Brianna and let her know I'm going to need a couple days off work. <laughs> Just a couple days. <laughs> that shows you how like I'm a workaholic. Oh, I'm wow. like, yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> and wow. then Brianna's like, all right, she's good. Like mentally, yeah, she's yeah. yeah, still joking. And yeah. Wow. That's insane. So your three-year-old remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as you said, you don't remember much of anything. I, I barely remember St. Mike's. Wow. Yeah. And I don't remember probably a week or two before the accident, very foggy. I wasn't in a great mental space because of COVID and I had to close the business Mm -hmm. and it was probably the hardest time of my life before the accident. And that whole time is very foggy. Like I know I was like on social media, posting social media stuff every day, trying to use my COVID clinic closure time at home to do something positive and you know, have do something great for the clinic. And then, yeah, I barely remember that. I look at some of the social media posts and I'm like, I don't remember doing that. I don't remember making this post. I don't, yeah. That's a really scary thought. Like just yeah. weeks of your life are completely yeah. gone. Yeah, and even in, in St. Mike's and even Bridgepoint, like someone would text me and I would look back at my text and I would see this full conversation and I'm like, who the fuck typed to this person who had this conversation? And it was me. I had talked to that person like the day before. Mm. So I felt like Dory the fish, like my my brain would just reset constantly. So aside from that, I want to obviously talk about the brain injury because yeah. that's pretty intense. Yeah. What types of physical injuries did you have from the accident? Okay, I'll start at the top of my body. So brain injury, brain hemorrhage, uh, vertebral artery dissection. And then the it so it's the whole left side of my body because like I said the trailer just crun- mm-hmm. crunched me. Um, I had open wounds on my left arm. I have ulnar nerve damage. I damaged my my tendons here on the outside of my hand. Um, I had costochondritis. I didn't have broken ribs, but they're very, my ribs were very painful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for my leg, I had open fractures and my patella was crushed. I had two open fractures of tib-fib and I now have, we thought it was peroneal nerve damage, but it's sciatic nerve damage affecting my peroneals. I have dropped foot. Yeah. So um, I think the aftermath, my most major things now are the ulnar nerve damage and the sciatic nerve damage, mm-hmm. which will affect my ability to work out. Like exercise is a huge part of my life. So working out and massaging will be, yeah, mm-hmm. waiting for that nerve regeneration. So you haven't started seeing patients yet? No, but I plan to at the end of this month. Two two, two treatments in the morning is what I'm going to do. Spaced out. My physio wants them to be maybe max 45 minutes because of the fatigue. So yeah, I can only give so much with my left hand. So if I'm treating somebody's neck, the left side of their neck, I can only do so much, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Is there any part of this that made you think ah, maybe maybe treating is not what I'm going to do anymore? Absolutely not. No, I just like my mindset is I refuse to let my accident change my life or hinder my life or my perspective on life. I just. Yeah, I I refuse to allow that to be like my story moving forward. I want to forget about it. Like four months down the road, I'm like, I don't ever want to talk about Maxine again. It's in the past. See, I say this all the time. I'm weak when it comes to this shit. Like I would be like, I give up on life. I'm just going to roll up in the corner. And And too many people do, especially I don't mean to speak poorly of any of the MVA people that have been in the clinic in the past, but especially MVA because there's like lawsuits and it's so backwards that typically... 
the worse off you are, the more money you get in your lawsuit. And like, yeah. I refuse to live the rest of my life as an accident victim for a couple extra bucks. Like, right. what kind of life is that? Mm -hmm. It's it's horrible. It's and every time Mark says he's weak and he would curl you, up in a corner and cry, I disagree <laughs> with him. I mean, I would, for I would, one I thing, would. Mark has sciatic nerve damage and he has drop foot and he's, yeah. you know, he's had injuries <laughs> for 20 years. It's really cool <laughs> AFO. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Yeah. No. And I curl up in a ball. <laughs> and yeah. I, and, I and you whine about different. it? And I whine about it. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly I'm so I'm happy you said that though because uh, on the way here, um, like I haven't treated anybody since my accident mm -hmm. last week, but I, I actually planned to start on Thursday. I was like, yeah. it was minor. I can, I can start yeah. back to work. But as I was saying to you off mic, I didn't expect this amount of pain from whiplash. Like yeah. I truly understand my patients now because yeah. on the way here, I was just whining. I was like, my neck hurts, my head hurts, my shoulder hurts, like yeah. everything. Yeah. And then I said to him, God, I hope Roxanne just inspires me to slap myself in the face and say, stop <laughs> fucking whining. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so glad you said that. Yes, yeah. I need to stop whining. Yeah. I will go to therapy and get better and yeah. it'll be a story that I won't have to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone's head injuries are just so different, right? And when I was in that acute stage, I was in the hospital and I was on some serious medication. So I don't really remember like they asked me if I have headaches. I'm like, no. And they're like, how do you not have a headache? So many people were just mind blown that Good I drugs. don't have headaches. And I'm like, I was on morphine. Like, who has headaches when they're on morphine? <laughs> Hydromorphone. Like, I was on some serious medication, right? So I think all, all of my injuries started coming out of the woodworks probably within the past month. Mm -hmm. Like, some of my more serious ones, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I've... The, the whole concussion aspect, I don't really remember the beginning of that. And I was kind of in denial about the whole brain injury thing anyways. So mm -hmm. I was like, my head's good. And then someone at Bridgepoint told me that I was on the brain injury floor and I was at that rehab hospital for a brain injury. And I was like, oh, mm. I guess that means I have a brain injury. I thought I was here <laughs> like for a physio. <laughs> I just kind of refused. And maybe that's part of having a brain injury. Like not, not a not admitting it. Is it is it frustrating a brain injury? I imagine it is. Yeah, before we got started I had said how I feel all the time um is like like a duck on the water. I feel like I display a very calm manner, but I'm constantly searching for words as I speak. Like I'm almost panicking inside as I talk because I don't know what words I'm going to use next. I forget the meaning of words. I feel like I can't put proper sentences together. So it's, and maybe that comes from how I used to function before the accident and other people might think it sounds fine, but for me, I don't feel like myself when I'm articulating words. Yeah. I have a hard time with articulation. Are there any other times that you don't feel like yourself or is it just with speech? Um, mostly just with speech. Tried to, I don't know, hold, hold my piece of myself all the time. <laughs> Yeah. What was the rehab like in the rehab hospital? It was wild because of COVID. Uh, when I first got to the rehab hospital, um, I was on. I'm having a hard time with words. Um, what's it called when you. Not restriction. COVID. Um, it's like segregation, not segregation. Oh, isolation. Yeah. Isolation. Yeah. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. And there there it is right there. That's my brain injury right there. And I panic because mm -hmm. I know the word, but I can't think of it. So I was on isolation for a week 
absolutely zero visitors. Mm. Um, some medical staff were allowed to come in in full like gown PPE. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was seeing mainly speech therapist, occupational occupational therapist run the show. Like my OT, I would see her constantly. She was in charge of like all of my my internal appointments at the hospital. Uh, my physio, I saw him daily. I didn't see him very much because I was in such a good state of health. He was like, his role was to teach me how to use crutches, how to walk around. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I can just jump on my right leg. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. He taught me like how to go upstairs on crutches. Like after a few days, he's like, okay, you're good. Like, yeah. Can we so. go? Can can I take you back to? Yeah. to so y- you you get in this accident. When are you? When are you conscious again? Okay. So this is a good this is a good question because yeah. I always say, um, like when I wake when I woke up from my accident, I yeah, yeah. remember this. But there was no specific moment that I like woke up. I was awake the whole time. I just right. my brain doesn't remember. I have very. I have memories of having an MRI. It's very, I think an MRI. Um, It was very loud. Like I remember kind of freaking out in a machine. I remember being told constantly I was in an accident, but then I would have to be retold again. Probably my earliest memories are like four days after the accident. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're at? Do you know that you have kids? Yeah, like that 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 type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there wasn't a specific moment I remember just like, waking up and knowing I was in an accident. It was just like weeks of them telling me, maybe a week of them telling me I had been in an accident or I'd re- I'd read my mess. I had my phone, like they mm-hmm. should have taken my phone from me. But I'm like <laughs> <laughs> reading my messages with people and like hundreds of people are messaging me, like a lot of people. Right. And I'm like, I talked to all these people and told them I was in an accident and I'm reading all that. Yeah, it's crazy. Eventually, it just came back. And I think by the time I was in Bridgepoint, I would wake up every day like knowing I had been in an accident. And there was a few people I talked to every single day. So I'm like, yeah, that was good. But St. Mike's, I, yeah, <laughs> barely remember. How long into rehab recovery um, did you get to see the the girls? I didn't get to see them till I got home from the hospital. Yeah, because it's such a fucking weird time. It's COVID yeah. too, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, like on it's isolation, I yeah. yeah. So were you talking to them over the phone, or you don't remember FaceTime? FaceTime. Face, okay. I believe I was FaceTiming them. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. when they were at home, like they just knew. What mommy's at the hospital? She got hurt. Yeah. So Claire is a year and a half. She had no idea. Like I just disappeared from her life and she was she was pissed off when i got home she saw me and she was excited and but she gave me a look like you where have you been Mm. like she was she was angry and then it took her a few minutes to come up to me and she gave me a hug and then she just left and it took us a couple weeks to bond again partly because like i wasn't in a really great mental space either Mm -hmm. getting home from the hospital having a brain injury it took us quite a while to build our bond again my three-year-old like immediately ran up to me hugged me she knows and she still remembers me being gone in the hospital and she was able to know when i was talking to her where i was and that Mm -hmm. i was covering and yeah it's amazing how smart they are at three yeah we also have a three-year-old yeah. and and then they get dumb at some point <laughs> <laughs> still waiting for that right? yeah. what is that gonna happen because they gotta get dumb at some point mm-hmm. <laughs> we have, hopefully we have more time yeah. <laughs> i think around 12 you said coming to eat <laughs> <laughs> they're girls so 
No. No? Okay. No. Not with girls. There's just a point where they're just going to want nothing to do with me. Is, is yeah, Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't say maybe. It's true. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hanging on to these moments now. Teenager. <laughs> while I, would, I still have them. I would them. say, yeah, 13. 13, 14. <sighs> I suddenly understand Caitlyn Jenner a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, Mic drop. my God. <laughs> I honestly am speechless. I don't know that we've ever done an episode where I'm just so speechless. I want to know about how do you feel about the dude in his truck and his trailer? Are you are you mad? Are, is there any point where you're mad? Is there any point where you hate the world? Is there any point where you just want to kill people? Is there any point where you're like, <laughs> no. where you're like I need Batman I'm too, I'm and justice here? I'm too positive. Unbelievable. So I think about that dude. I called him Jeff <laughs> yeah, earlier yeah, when I, I was that, explaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that it's just... It's not healthy for me. A lot of people ask me the same question. I think it's it's not really healthy for me to to think about him. And like obviously eventually I did find out his name because I had to look at the police report and I did look him up on Facebook and he's he's young. Oh yeah, I didn't tell you guys. He also ran away from the accident. He didn't turn himself in until the next day. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's a when whole you say other young, are part. we talking like teenager no, not young, young like enough 20s. to do that shit? Like, well, I mean, you're never his... young enough to do that. If you're old enough to drive, you're old enough to stay, stay at the scene at of the scene. accident. Yeah. So I think he was like 27, 28. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. So younger than younger than me yeah, yeah, by yeah. a few years, um, but not young enough to yeah. just run from an accident scene. Yeah. I'm so mad for he, you. He turned himself in the next day. Um. But yeah, he just didn't didn't hook up a trailer properly. A lot of my family was very, very angry towards him and holding this anger and resentment. And I only have so much energy. The energy that I had for rehabilitation had to be positive. I didn't have enough in me to hold on to hate or anger. Mm-hmm. I just had to let that go. I'm like, I can't focus on this dude, right? I, I don't know why it happened or why he didn't hook up his trailer he just didn't i guess on trailers there's a, a safety chain mm-hmm. he didn't have that hooked up so it just came off the ball mm. and then came into oncoming traffic so yeah which makes a lot of people who who drive trucks and trailers very angry because they're like that's such a fucking simple thing that you have to yeah. do yeah. yeah so yeah. and it makes a lot of my friends angry a lot of my family angry but yeah it's time's gone by and he he'll have to just live with that for for the rest of his life, right? He could have killed children. Yeah, he's yeah. he was very close, right? Yeah. Well, this is the conversation we are having here. How like there isn't really justice in that scenario. Like in in an accident, the person who is responsible for the accident, majority of the time, it was completely preventable. You know, yeah. like me getting rear-ended, that guy just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. He was talking to his friend. He didn't notice that the light had turned red and he smashed into me. Yeah. This guy didn't hook up this chain for whatever reason. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. And you can go through this scenario a million times of like how things could but it happened. Yeah. It's shoulda, woulda, coulda at yeah. this point. And it gets to a point where it's not healthy to just keep going over no. it. And over like it, I'm right? with you. I feel like yeah. it's, I'm, although I get your family because as I was telling you off mic as well, that I had a family member who was hit, he was riding his bicycle mm-hmm. and he was hit by a truck and thrown into pavement. And, and same idea. He woke up in the hospital and was told you were in an accident yep. and he had a concussion, a brain bleed and all of these mm-hmm. things. And of course, my entire family is saying to him, are you pursuing legal action? And he's yeah. like, I don't want to put my energy there. Yeah. 
So, and part of me is annoyed and angry by it. Funny enough, you were telling me, can't you understand his side? Yeah, but you don't have to do much to pursue legal action. You just hire a lawyer and they do it all. Like so far, I don't, I don't do very much. Right, right, right. Well, I do a lot. Like rehab is my full-time job. I do a lot. But for like the lawsuit and legal action, you just pick a lawyer and Mm -hmm. you have to get them some documents, but then... They kind of do they everything. They do everything, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so maybe eventually he'll decide He'll decide that. Yeah, maybe when yeah. his brain isn't so foggy. His accident was only a month ago. Yeah, yeah. but I also, I, yeah. like, but he's also a dude who's just a, kind of like a, a quiet dude anyway, so I can see how it's like, I don't want any more attention than that's already been shone on yeah. me, you know? So yeah. I don't want to talk about this at all. Let's just all drop it type of thing. Yeah. I almost feel like there might be a level of embarrassment that might be there. Maybe and, not. Maybe that's just... And I feel like that as well. Oh, like, yeah. I can't wait to be at a point where I don't talk about it at all. I know, and we're making you talk about it. I was yeah, about no, to no, say, no, oh, and then we the said, point. let's go on the podcast. No, no, and this is the point of the podcast, and that's fine. But like, end of September, I went to one of my best friend's cottages with girlfriends, and they were messaging me a lot before I went, and I'm like, can you guys just like drop it and just act like I'm myself, act like me? Like, let's not talk about my accident. Let's not talk about mm. my leg. Like, mm. let's just go and not talk about it for once like i don't want it to be the center of attention so are you surrounded by people that are awkward with it the whole thing they're like they don't know how to be with you they don't know how to act they don't know how to speak with you in the beginning yes and i would take offense very easily to anyone who would overplay my my head injury i i found it almost degrading and offensive right like someone would ask me something then if they say something like or are you going to remember that i'm kind of like that's patronizing like yeah thanks yeah i told one of my girlfriends that i was that i was driving and she was like oh i didn't think you'd be able to do that Mm. and just things like that it's just really i just feel really put down with things like that and this is positivity so anything negative i'm just like i don't have room for that i'm moving on so i actually i just kind of got off of social media it was just a bit too much for me um yeah tell us about the uh, you we were telling us about the the rehabilitation can you mm-hmm. do so but also give us like the time stamp for it to see so we get an idea of like how fast or slow the recovery has been along the way okay i haven't really dove into like my current rehab like what oh, i'm yeah, doing yeah, yeah, now yeah. just that's just like bridge point yeah let's let's go through it okay so my current rehab I do physiotherapy for one hour, three days a week, and then followed by 45 minutes of kinesiology. Is the physio and kin mostly for your leg and the nerve damage, or is there any other part of your, yeah, okay. Leg and nerve damage. Um, She doesn't even have time to, oh, I didn't tell you guys, I broke my face as well. I knew I would forget injuries. I broke two of my facial bones. So she can't even work my TMJ. Well, she can, but like right now my leg Getting my knee range of motion back has been number one because right. it limits my ability to walk. So we're just focusing on my leg. So yeah, I have physio, kin. I do personal training at CrossFit. Um, then I have OT, speech therapy, and social worker. And I also have a massage therapist. That's a lot of appointments. It's a lot of appointments. It's a full-time job. So three days a week are spent in Aurelia here. And that is, yeah, personal training, physio, kinesiology, massage. And then my off days are when I do occupational therapy, speech therapy, and social worker. And then I have medical appointments on top of that. Right. Yeah. What's the OT doing with you now in this stage of your rehab? She's not doing quite as much. Um, We'll set goals, uh, like return to work goals. She has done some hand and nerve therapy with me. Occupational therapy, 
I didn't have a broad enough understanding for it before my accident. That mm. was a big eye opener for me. Yeah, like most occupational people, therapy. Most people have no idea what an OT does. Because they do everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing specific about them, right? Like they like what does your OT do? Everything. everything. She like my cognitive function, my nerve damage. She monitors uh what appointments I have. Yeah. So I remember trying to therapist. Yeah. I remember yeah. trying to explain OT to my mom. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of our episodes, mm-hmm. but I've talked about how that was my original career path. I wanted to be an occupational yeah. therapist. Yeah. And trying to explain it to my family, I was like, I'm gonna help people to live. Like yeah. I remember saying yeah. that. And, and, <laughs> and it was confused looks and I was like, no, actually, like I'm gonna, your I'm gonna folks are like people help people help to live. live. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, talk do. about a broad scope of practice. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. And same with speech therapy. Um, when you're having your assessments with a speech therapist, it feels like you're in school. They they have you read things to them. They read you things and ask you questions on it. You feel like you're in school. And then once we finish the assessments, now it's just my cognitive function and she helps me with day-to-day like organizing my life because my my speech is like okay. Yeah, to me it sounds perfect. Well, that's what you said off mic that it's people can't tell that you have a brain injury. You feel yeah. it, but Yeah, I really really feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you well, speak you more clearly. I think I feel like you speak more clearly than I do, and I don't have a brain injury. <laughs> but then I think like we didn't know each other before my accident, right? It's true. So, yeah, yeah. I've always been well spoken, but now I just yeah feel like it's delayed. I feel slow. I feel very slow. Yeah. It's calm, like you said. Yeah. You're like the duck on yeah. the water. Very calm. Yeah, and that that's what got me into birth work and labor support is my my calmness. You are very calm. Yeah. My um, speech therapist tried to, she asked me if I, no, it was my social worker. She started talking to me about diaphragmatic breathing. And I was like, lady, <laughs> the queen of diaphragmatic breathing. You're like, let I'm, me teach I'm you good. diaphragmatic yeah, breathing. I teach people how to birth babies. Like, I, I can diaphragmatic breathe. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you had yeah. mentioned when, um, actually, Mark, I don't think was in the room, but you had mentioned that the reason that your prognosis is so good was because you were so healthy before. Yes. Yeah. Let's chat about that a little bit. I'm I'm a preacher of good health uh, in true CrossFit fashion. <laughs> um, I, yeah, if I wasn't as healthy, this is a good example. If I wasn't as healthy as I was, my I think my accident would have been catastrophic, especially my brain bleed, my ability to recover. Even in the hospital, like I was able to just get up and crutch around and walk around because I was so strong where some people would be really difficult for them to get up and walk around on one mm-hmm. leg. I was like, oh, this is fine. I'll just hop for days on my leg because I was really fit, mm-hmm. right? So, and it gave me just a really strong mindset in general. And I I had some issues with weight loss and things like that after the accident. I lost 30 pounds because I have, I had low bo- low body fat um, so like muscles are an expensive tissue. They're, they're hard to maintain mm-hmm. and my body needed energy. So it just took all my muscles and I lost 30 pounds within four weeks, four or five weeks. Wow. So I am on a weight gain path of about a pound a week. Good um, for you. My body fat is not quite over 10% yet, but it's been really, it's been one of the more challenging parts of my rehab is trying to gain weight. And gain my muscle mass back. Do you so. feel your strength coming back or do you still feel yeah. relatively weak? Yeah. yeah. No, I That's feel good. I feel my strength coming back. It's definitely back in my upper body. It's limited by my by my left leg and right. how much flexion my knee has. But yeah, 
doing what I can. And you said you have ulnar nerve damage as well, right? I do, yes. So it's coming back, but my left hand is very weak. Um, Yeah, you can just tell with some things I do, my left side. Just my left side in general is weak. I'm sitting on her right, so she looks very strong to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting on her left, she looks very strong to me too. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) It's refreshing, like your positivity in this. But now seeing that you've been a therapist for so long, you've been treating MVA patients, like do you have more of an understanding of what they go through or do you feel like, like, do you feel like this is going to help you in treating people and through their rehab or is it just there's too many variables and everybody's injury is so different? I think I'll have more compassion. Definitely. I, I, I didn't fully understand brain injuries and what my MVA patients were going through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think with like minor injury guideline, I won't think about it too much because they'll recover fairly quickly but i i'm thinking back on it now i have some patients that i saw for years with brain injuries and i didn't fully understand it until mm-hmm. i had one and mm-hmm. i think i'll just have more compassion in general and like just know what they're going through are you less compassionate about people that have much of a less injury yeah. <laughs> are no. you like suck it up motherfucker no. do you know what happened to me you bro- realize bro- you realize face. what you just that said that she had to healthy. look at me and she's like no because i'm literally <laughs> I'm <not>. um, <laughs> with what you said i also think it's not healthy to like compare injuries right, and that's right, part right, of right. why like i got off social media because people would message me and be like like, oh, I broke my tib as well. And they would tell me all. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like you get in an accident and you put this big sign on your forehead that says, tell me about any yeah. injury you've join ever the, had. Join the right? club. Yeah. Join, the, join the injury club. Let's hear yeah. all about it. I yeah. Get it. yeah. Does an injury like this really, really let you know who your true friends and family are? Did you lose anyone along the way here? Did we have to cut anyone out and be like, this is not working for me? I don't know if it showed me who the true people were, but... It showed me the people I'm most grateful for and made me realize I have so many amazing people in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. And I might have cut people out, but because I just don't have the energy to maintain friendships that took energy. <laughs> that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like that makes if, tons of sense. If it was a friendship that took took my energy, it's like I, I'm just going with, yeah, anything positive moving forward and people that were helping me excel and helping me through my rehab. Mm. It sounds like a hard thing to do, but I feel like for you it's a little bit easier because you seem like a positive person like all the way around. You seem like unicorns, roses, and sunshine and Is cupcakes and all that shit. It's no no, it's not annoying at all. I just I Don't find let it, me in with him. I'm yeah. very positive. I find it I, I find it super refreshing because yeah. I am not like that yeah. in one fucking thing. And I like, think that's why people tell me I'm inspiring. Yeah. Just because it's just how I am. Yeah, like yeah. I'm angry at, at Jeff and I'm angry at whoever like I'm 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 mad for four you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. I'm, you guys are, this is inspiring to me though. I must say it, it definitely is. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. They're like, what yeah. do we say? You gotta, let that shit, you gotta let that shit go. I don't know. It's such a hard, <laughs> but see, cause I was, I was going to ask you, was it a conscious thing that, but you were already kind of like that to begin with. I right? was, yeah. For me, it would have to be like a conscious effort to be like, okay, let me just fucking just be, <laughs> like even yeah. the way I say it, let me just fucking be happy. Well, laying, <laughs> laying in the hospital with COVID um, isolation for weeks kind of made me overthink things and it brought me to this broader spectrum of why did this accident happen what'd you come up with what what am i supposed to i came up with that it happened for a reason for me to further inspire people for me to be stronger from it um yeah and i guess that's just me being mrs positivity but Mm -hmm. i 
I had this like new profound outlook on life and what I wanted to do moving forward. It se- you seem so super, superhuman to me. It's not you, eh? You don't do feel you like it? I don't know. Of course she's superhuman. Just, Look just, at her. Because <laughs> like for me, I'll, I'll give you that. Like for me, I would have been lying in this bed thinking if I just fucking left 10 minutes later you know if i if i if if i did this maybe things would have been different or if i didn't do like i play in all of that shoulda coulda woulda stuff so i i did that if you remember last week i did that because nothing about the minor accident i was in last week it it was all unplanned i was taking my girls for a hair appointment realized when we were already in the car we're gonna be 30 minutes early and you know it's covid times we can't just go inside and sit in the waiting room so i'm like what am i gonna do with these two kids who are gonna be bored out of their mind for 30 minutes so i made a decision on the way there to stop and buy a dozen halloween donuts that Mm -hmm. we could have after dinner that night yeah so i pulled into this parking lot of this donut place that i've never even been to because i don't eat donuts Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was coming out of the parking place that i got hit so when he came to meet me at the accident i was like if i didn't if i didn't stop and even when i was pulling out of the donut place i had two choices to turn right onto one street or to turn left onto the other and i I was out of turn yep i was well i was about to go right literally like i was literally my car was going this way and i turned last second i was like oh wait it'll be faster to go this way so it was all those things i went through and then i remember saying to him why am i even doing this to myself it doesn't matter you're torturing yourself and, and it doesn't matter either way the accident happened and it happened and I was having a really, really stressful few weeks leading up to that as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I've literally said to myself, I think it happened to tell me like, calm the fuck down. Like none of that other shit was a big deal. Yeah. And that, and that's similar to me with like where I was at with COVID and in one of the hardest mental times of my life, Mm -hmm. the accident made me realize like, that wasn't shit. That's nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. Like you exactly. still you still had your health. Your health is everything. And that's why I'm a preacher of of health, but it's like You're definitely making I me just... want to go back to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope this inspires people listening to take care of your body because it's true like in this scenario, things could have been a lot worse for you, yeah. but you we're strong. You're mentally strong. You're physically strong. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, we've, we've had Angela on the podcast and Angela, uh, Angela Pereira, she's a kinesiologist yep. and she preaches about food, you know, nutrition and yeah. everything you eat is yeah. affecting all parts of your health. It's stuff yeah. you don't see, but it's affecting your mental function. It's affecting yeah. everything, your breathing, everything. So, yeah. I mean, just take care of your bodies. Yeah. Don't eat donuts. Yeah. If I didn't go for donuts. Well, <laughs> so you, ha- you have to like indulge a little. I'm just kidding. I also don't like donuts. I was actually going to buy them from Mark. That's not a jab at you to make this your fault. Well, no. Go to Mar- Mariposa Market. It's okay. one of the best. It's the donut hotspot in Aurelia. Mariposa Market. Let's do it. Like Let's do score, it. score donuts. If we're here, we might gourmet. as well go get some gourmet donuts. Gourmet donuts. I can do that. I can do yeah. that. I can definitely do that. I like donuts. Yeah. yeah and, you didn't, and you didn't even get to enjoy the Halloween dozen I bought you because your wife and kids had just been in a car accident. Yes, and I felt guilty about it because you stopped to get donuts for me and I felt doubly guilty about it because I was going to have you come back to the house to pick me up and instead See, I decided instead yeah. I decided I'm like, you know what? Uh, it's one of the nicer days. I'm not probably getting a lot of these. I'm in a selfish mood right now. I'll meet you guys there. I'm just going to take the motorcycle. Yeah. And I was like, oh. But yeah. So I feel bad about stuff like that. 
Yeah. Don't feel bad about it. Well, Shit happens. Open. It, it Shit can't happens. be changed, nope. right? Man, you guys are good forward. people. Yeah. I got to figure out how to do that. Don't let me in with her. She's she's the superhero <laughs> here. <laughs> so what else is, what's going on with the superhero then? What's the next steps? Where, what do we see happening? Yeah. Well, I think I said to you earlier, it was kind of like a business owner's dream. I was in this crazy accident and my business just carried on. And that was partly due to Brianna, my clinic manager, my amazing receptionist. Her name's Tanner. They ran the show and a lot of our staff, a lot of our RMTs are senior RMTs. They have a lot of experience. They don't need to be told what to do. And they were able to just show up at work and work without management. Well, Brianna was the manager, but... So the clinic just kind of ran itself, and now I'm trying to incorporate myself back into my own business. It feels scary. I feel like I barely know what goes on here. Right. I do, but I also don't. Like, I, I kind of forget all of the COVID regulations I put in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, like how to screen people. And, and on top of that, when you're spending freaking yeah. thousands of hours outside of here just yeah. getting yourself well, you know? Yeah, plus I was told right at the time of my accident that I'm getting pure assessed. <laughs> so I'll be really, too. yeah, same round. Yeah, we're supposed to get pure assessed. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, my date's uh, for my virtual peer assessment, November 30th. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay I'm waiting so, for my email to find out the date. Like I've responded, yeah, but yeah. waiting for my it's, email. <laughs> I think that like clinic owners, business owners get it more often. Have you guys had it? Like, this I is had one five time. years ago. Yeah. yeah, so you get it more often when you're running the show, for sure. You haven't had one in like 15 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is my second. But it was weird because I had one like within my first two months of being yeah. registered and then since then, nothing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I just did it, so it. I'm not I don't feel nervous about it because yeah. I'm like, I literally just did this. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't be nervous about it anyway. Yeah. It's, no, it's not I'm really not, a nerve wracking yeah. experience. And on top My of OT it, doesn't want me to do it. So she wrote the CMTO just to push it off. But right. I think I would be okay. I'm like, it's virtual and I'll yeah. just do yeah, what I, think, I can do. Yeah. And I think that's another piece of it why there's less pressure on it because it's virtual. Yeah. I feel there's a certain comfort with somebody not being in this space yeah. beside you yeah yeah but even still but my first one was really like a positive experience and mine it was too really easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah generally they yeah. are i mean they're they're not if you're if your practice is shit <laughs> right? that's that's when things go fucking haywire right? that's true if you're doing yeah. everything properly even, then you don't have to even worry if, yeah. even if your practice is shit like i had a dude come to me because his practice was shit and he yeah. found that out during his peer assessment and they were making him do all these things. He's like, can you help me just understand the stuff that I should already know? Yeah. And I'm, I am I went to his clinic and I'm talking with him. I'm like, if they let you keep a practice, dude, fucking anybody can keep <laughs> yeah. a practice. Like, yeah. they're, they're not, <laughs> there's no stripping anyone of anything here. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, a, it's hopefully it's not a scary experience for most people. Can I ask you guys a question? No. <laughs> um, what made you want to go into the business you have? Your education business. I think it's awesome. I've loved it from the beginning. I've followed your social media and yeah, been to some courses. I was teaching at a private career college. I was doing that full time and I was treating part time. And then Amanda was working at a chiropractic clinic. It's a wellness clinic, but it was run by a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. And the chiropractor, her father was, he's retired now, was a an accountant. Mm -hmm. And he approached his daughter to say, hey, let's create a business course for chiropractors. Yeah. And apparently she's had no interest in, in working with her father in that capacity, I assume. I think it was working with her father. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she had no interest in doing that. And so then he approached Amanda because you were also his massage therapist, right? Yeah. Or you treat him every once in a while? He, uh, when he approached me, he just said, because he was at the clinic a lot, his, his daughter owned it. And he said, 
I just wanted to let you know I'm really impressed by you. I'm oh. impressed by the way you run your business. And I I didn't I don't think I took the compliment very well. Like yeah. I was like, well, I, I'm just doing what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. Like that was how much I didn't actually realize how intentionally I was running the business. Yeah. Like it took him pointing that out for me to be like, you're right. He said, well, you have, he goes, you have everybody so, I can't remember the words he used, but basically saying you have your patients so well-trained that they go and tell the receptionist, I'm, I'm supposed to be back here next Thursday. Like I, you know, That's I didn't. Awesome. And yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I have everybody on treatment plans. They know what they're supposed to do. And he said, yeah. I just, I've noticed that you it's like a very well-oiled machine here. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really nice. And so then he brought up the idea to me and I kind of laughed and I said, I'm flattered, but I've been a therapist for 10 minutes. Like I literally, I would think I was a year and a half, two years into practice, <laughs> yeah. right? I was yeah. like- stealing pull-ups. Yeah. I'm like, um, are <laughs> you sure baby. you want me yeah. helping you? And yeah. he said, well, you know the massage business and I know business. Okay. So I feel like we could create a course specifically for massage therapists to teach them business. And I said, this is a really good idea because I don't think we get enough business training. Terrible business skills. Right. And I said, but- Honestly, I say that as a business owner. Well, yeah. And yeah. so I was like, I am hesitant to be your RMT to do this. I said, mm -hmm. but I want to be involved. But can I get my, were we even married at this time? Maybe, no. maybe fiance. No. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, can I, you know, can I get my partner involved? Because mm -hmm. he has owned a business. Yeah. He teaches massage therapy and he's been in practice for double or more than double. What am I saying? A lot more time than I have been. Yeah. And he was like, okay, sure. So we set up a meeting with him. We developed this business course together, yeah. which was a huge learning experience for me. Like for Mark, he makes it look so easy. I've watched yeah. him develop courses and curriculum like, in his sleep. Yeah. And it was a huge learning experience for me. But we developed the course. The first one we ran, we got such good feedback on it. Like oh, people that's great. people yeah. loved it. And then for us, we started looking at okay, what could we do better? Um, it was way overpriced when we first started. Yeah, I'm surprised people bought it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what to price a course. Yeah. And people bought it. Yeah. I was shocked that you're gonna pay seven hundred and fifty dollars for this. To, was it a weekend, like a full weekend? As long as you market like how much would their business profit based on well, yeah, those new just, business Just skills. generally from what other right. people were paying for continuing education courses at that time. Yeah. And I'm not talking about something that's a certification of all these different levels and blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I was shocked at how much people were paying for it and they paid for it. And we had a pretty good payday at the end of the weekend. Yeah. And I was like to myself, are you fucking kidding me? Why can't yeah. I just do this all the time? Like yeah. I would quit my job and just work weekends if this was a deal. Yeah. Well, and so he, yeah, he had started talking about it then. And then him and another uh, colleague of ours developed a joint, mo the joint mobilizations course. Yeah. And they ran that a couple times and that went really well. And then it kind of got dropped because I decided I wanted to have babies. Oh, yeah. So for a couple of years, it was sort of stagnant. Like every once in a while, he might run a course, but it was very here and there, mm -hmm. you know, if he had some free time. Mm -hmm. And uh, when our daughter was about a year and a half, Mark realized I haven't seen my kid in a year and a half. Wow. Because he was teaching was full teaching time a at a college yeah. and he was treating yeah. at was two different teaching, places. I was teaching at that time, I think three five hour classes a day. Wow. I was doing fifteen hours That's in wild. one freaking building. And you were wow. and you and were treating part time. And I was treating part time. I was yeah. treating yeah. on weekends or the days that I wasn't doing the fifteen hours, yeah. which was very rare. I would yeah. go to a clinic and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I quit. I wanted to quit. I'm like, Well, not I wanted to quit. I did quit. I'm like I'm like, I can't do this. Let's Starting to fast track to burning out. Oh yeah, for sure. So that was yeah. that was the end of two thousand fifteen and 
and he said, I can't do this anymore. And I said, then don't do this anymore. Yeah. Cool, I'm going to <laughs> So yeah, he quit tomorrow. And then it was like, okay, what are we going to do? Now I don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. So he spent probably probably one to two months at the end of 2015 um, developing courses that he had already sort of started. Like, yeah. you know, they were always there on the side and he redesigned the website. He got the social media back up and running. Yeah. And like by early 2016, we were running at least one to two courses every month. And like he said, people were buying them. We were getting good feedback. We were actually taking people's suggestions and changing courses around. Yeah. And at this time, I was still working at a clinic and as things got busier and busier and busier, and then after my second child, I had to leave the clinic. And you guys to got help your him. new space. When did you yeah. get your new space? 2018. 2018. January. Yeah. yeah, that that was an accident. That wasn't even that wasn't even intentional. So it was meant to happen. Yeah, it's we were renting. We were renting yeah. space in in different schools and hotels and all the rest of it. And uh, one of the places that was a staple where we always rented in Toronto, I mm -hmm. shot the owner some some dates that I wanted to use yeah. that reserve the room for, and I, I shot him. I think like. 30 it was like dates, 30 dates something like that lot. and i think he just saw dollar signs and then yeah. he's like okay no problem your rent is going to be doubled though sorry dude oh and i was shit. like oh and then i went on a mad tear and then we found our office space it was it was very, very quick yeah we had a five or six month old baby at the time and it took me doing like you know five minutes of math i don't do numbers very well to yeah, realize we're armties yeah we don't right? do math so it took me five minutes to look at, you know, what this guy was going to charge us for rent. And based on the number of courses we want, because what I did is I made a schedule for all of 2018. I yeah. said, like, let's just make a schedule and follow it. That way we can plan our lives better. Right. Yeah. So we had this 2018 schedule and I said, based on what he's quoting us, it might actually be cheaper for us just to get a space. That way you won't have to work from home yeah. with now two kids running around. Yeah. And we can do whatever we want. We can double the number of courses. We can run courses during the week. We yeah, can do one-on-one. -on -one. Like, we can do anything. And is that... Sorry, I'm interviewing you guys now. Yeah, is, that, fun. <laughs> is that when your podcast started? Because that allowed you to have a studio. I saw your little studio yeah, in the back. Yeah, so the podcast came... In June. When the CMTO said... The quality assurance program is changing and CEUs are no longer required. The numbers are no longer required. This whole three-year cycle thing is going away. And we just looked at each other and said, what the fuck? This is like we based our whole business on-, on Like literally talks. six months and after RMT signing- thought that they weren't going to have to do anything yes. anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Which was hilarious. Yeah. So six yeah. months after signing a five-year lease yeah. on a space, yeah. we find out our business is obsolete. Like that RMTs- been, That would have been terrifying. We refunded- yeah. I. I don't remember. Way I'd have much. to go back and look at the Way books. But literally, we were getting emails daily from RMT saying, "Well, now that I don't need CEUs, I'm not going to take this course. Yeah, money back." Because this happened in what June, July. I, then, June. That's around when I took my first. I have only taken one course with you guys, but yeah. that was around when I took my first course. It was like right after they announced that, and I was like, "Well, this is." knowledgeable to my practice will exactly. make me a better RMT. So I'm yep. going to take this course. Yep. And yep. there was lots of RMTs like you. I know yeah. I, I make it sound so melodramatic when I say, oh, oh no, we refunded. There, were... there was a lot of refunds. There was a period of time. We're in five digits of refunding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? And this is people that big. were, this is people that were in courses that were, they were already booked into these courses or registered into these courses into November, December. And this is June, July. They're like, uh, I'm not going to take this. Give my money back. Since I don't have to. Yeah. yeah. So we added uh, to our course evaluation, we added a question, if uh, you didn't have to get CEUs, would you still take courses? Like we just literally wanted to know like how many RMTs think this way? But they they thought like that and the CMTO hadn't even announced the new quality assurance program. That yeah. was the problem yeah. is They're that like they didn't know what. They're like making these big decisions. Yeah. It's like you're still going to have to do stuff. Like yeah. 
But since mean? they didn't know what, there was yeah. a lot of people but those who were, were like, the same, I'm going to wait. Those are also the same people that are probably confused as fuck by Strive, which is the new quality assurance yeah. stuff that we have to do. Yeah. Which, by the way, is simple as shit. Like, I, I that feel just bad. reminded me I need to write, do write down. I have to do it. <laughs> November 2nd, it was like, complete your Strive. Normally, I would have that stuff so right. done, but I'm just kind of a scout. I only did days. about half of it, actually. I still yeah. have and more it's, to do. And it's such an yeah. easy thing to understand. So, you know, anyone that's saying, like, I don't understand what the heck this is, those were the people that were like, give me my money back because yeah. I, I don't take a course. <laughs> <laughs> so then we started this whole thing and then a big part of why we were doing like we just I don't I didn't I hated the idea of formal education. I don't like the stuffiness of, of a classroom. I don't like the stuffiness of a lot of instructors. I don't like the 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 guru type of, you know, wave your finger and this is I'm the person to listen to. And yeah. blah. I can't stand that crap. So we just made a conscious effort to like we're not our continuing education company is not gonna be like that at all. Sweet. We're just gonna be chill, we're just gonna just be real about stuff and and, you know, if people dig it, they dig it. And if they don't, it doesn't matter because there's going to be enough people that dig it. Yeah. I like it. It's awesome. It's smart. That's why I had questions about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, we, we definitely have a lot of people that don't like us. So that, that's like, that's for sure. You have to, though. Like, we're always the ones teaching that in our business course that if, if, if you try to appeal to everybody, it's fake. It's and you're going to appeal to nobody. So yeah. I'm okay with the people that you know don't like what we do. That's totally fine. You have it. like your niche market, exactly. Yeah. People that swear and people like what's going on. They listen to Kid Rock, they probably. To Kid Rock. Exactly. <laughs> that's all there is. Listen to, to Kid Rock or get out. <laughs> Actually, when I was doing the doula training with Brianna last yeah. fall, um, the instructor she's been on the podcast, so she was the one that told everybody in the room that I was one of the hosts of the podcast. Yeah, and she said something along the lines. Of, I'm surprised the CMTO hasn't shut you down yet. I'm like, yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm waiting for the email to come by. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for that, actually. Yeah. We'll see what happens. What else do we need to talk to Roxanne does about? It matter, does it matter what type of therapy you get as long as you get better? Does it, do you care if it's grounded in evidence or do you just want I, to get better? I don't care if better? it's grounded in evidence. Um, the other day, someone suggested I see a um, osteopath. Mm -hmm. osteopath. The other day, yes. somebody recommended recommended that I see an osteopath that is a Reiki master and mm -hmm. very energy based and apparently they heal people with brain injuries right. and like their nerve pathways and help them with nerve damage and they can like reverse brain injuries and nerve damage and I'm like there's zero evidence behind any of that but sign me up exactly I sound like a cool fucking person <laughs> I like meeting people and I like people with good energy so see I'm all I'm all for evidence informed practice yeah. but at the end of the day I feel like the people that are preaching evidence informed yeah. practice and evidence based practice you've never had a real fucking hardcore injury your whole life yeah at least that's the vibe I'm, Amanda's looking like don't fucking say this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I, I'm with both of you I'm I'm all for any I'm, I'm all for trying things whether there's evidence or not because I understand that sometimes it's just because research doesn't exist not yeah. because there's not validity to this type of therapy yeah. and if I'm trying everything and this could possibly help me if it's not going to be harmful yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I think Ooh. most evidence-based practitioners, it's not that they're saying there has to be, I mean, some are saying there has oh, no, to be some evidence, are saying. but there's, I think there's a big majority of them that want to get the message out that it's more about us just not making claims we can't support. Yeah. Like they're totally fine with, you know what? You want to go get cranial sacral therapy no, or, no, no, no. or Reiki. I because those people need to get off their high horse yes, and realize I feel... that there isn't evidence to like any massage therapy. Boom. There isn't. And if that's what you wanted, then you're in the wrong fucking field. Yeah. Like go back to school and become a doctor. Yeah. I think you're all high and mighty like <laughs> love it <laughs> 
pretty much ends every day by saying exactly what you yeah. just said. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true that we are in a profession that isn't heavily supported by evidence or yeah. at all, really. Yeah. And I can appreciate that the CMTO and that a lot of practitioners are trying to get more evidence-based practice, but there was a whole joke thread about it the other day. Right. There was a whole joke thread about it the other day about because not a lot of research exists. So all we're doing is quoting like the same five studies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep treating How the way I treat. are we going to advance in our profession right. here? We're just like... I'm just going to keep doing thing. what I'm doing yeah. and let the evidence people do what they do and let the woo-woo people do what they do. And I can appreciate all of Why you. Why can't we be a little bit of both? I it's, am a little bit of both. I call I myself too. a science hippie. Yeah. It's I'm fine. The exact same I'm way. a science hippie yeah. and I love it. I understand science and I appreciate research and I understand how to review research. And I think yeah. that's something, and I'm not trying to be offensive to people, but is it valid? Is it not? You have to actually understand what you're reading. You yeah. can't just read a study, read an abstract and say, well, this study says this. I'm like, well, did you actually read yeah. everything? Yeah. Do you understand what the control was? Do you like, do you understand these things? Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to hear that, like, because you have these issues going on, these physical things, these this, this, this psychological stuff going on, and at the end of the day, you just want to fucking get better. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how you get there. It doesn't matter who's who's helping you along the way, yeah. as long as you know it's helping you out. And I dig it. Yeah. How much of your rehab would you say you want focused on, like? psychological emotional factors like do you feel like that is a big part of your rehab or is it for, mostly physical for me no um that's just based on who i am as a person mm -hmm. and my strong mindset i think a lot of mvas it would probably be like 50 50 mm -hmm. um like sometimes i find i hope my social worker doesn't come across this but like sometimes i find it a waste of time mm. like sometimes i'm just sitting there like explaining my life to her and I'm like this is a waste of my energy to like talk to her about all this stuff can I just carry on with my day just my personality and who I am I'm more like I want to do all the physical does rehab. she think that you're putting a wall up by doing that it, I think they probably think I'm hard to talk to because I just I tell them things mm. <laughs> like <laughs> does that make sense like yes yeah I can imagine your name on the schedule like fuck yeah. yeah well I can imagine people who work <laughs> in like who do social work and things yeah. like that you know they're they know what their job is with yeah. you know victims I'm putting in quotes because mm -hmm. I know you don't want to be labeled a victim yeah. but their job is to get you to talk about these things. Yeah. And so I can imagine that they might have this view of like, well, you're just putting a wall up. You're trying to act strong, but there's got to be something they, in there. No, they, they know I'm different. <laughs> They've told me that a lot. They're like, it's very refreshing. They tell me it's very refreshing to come and see me because I have all them in my home appointments. Okay. Um, they tell me it's I'm refreshing and yeah. So because you're good, not but, poor me. Yeah. But I also like my OT will be like, you should do this. And I'm like, no, I'll probably do it this way. Like I tell them, <laughs> I tell them how I'm going to do it. So I'm like, I probably frustrate them in that sense. Like, yeah, I could probably be better, do better at uh, listening with them. Yeah. One of my best friends, we've been friends for about 20 years. Um, she works for the insurance company that's handling my claim. Mm -hmm. oh and so boy. she called me the day after um, I got set up with my adjuster and whatever. And she said, now I know you're a therapist. She goes, I'm not a clinician. All I know is insurance. She goes, but can I just give you a piece of advice? I said, okay. She's like, stop being a therapist and let them do. And I said, no, 
<laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, you need to just, you know, uh, let go of the control a little bit and let them assess you and let yeah. them tell what you tell you what you need. No. I said, yeah. no. And that's just it. I'm in control. I'm like, no, I'm yes. not going to. Yeah. I I don't blame yeah. either of you guys. You want to yeah. know why? Most people don't do their job fucking well. Yeah. yeah. Most people do mm-hmm. not. The other day, Amanda's We've like, why are, you, why are you so, did you say I bully people? What did you say? I'm aggressive? You said something. I, I said all said. those things. I, I called you that, a bully. I call that big dick energy. Big dick. I, I'll take that. Yeah. It's a fucking energy. And she was like, the bottom line is because most people don't fucking do their job well. They don't yeah. do it properly. And if it's going to involve me, then I'm going to tell you and how I think you need to do, do you your job. Do you have the and what syndrome where you find you feel like they're wasting your time? All, all the time. Yeah, same with me. I feel like half of them are, are you just a Leo? wasting my time. I'm not a Leo. I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know what any of this means. Well, but. only because everyone I that I know like you, like yes. you, my family member that got hit by the truck, it's all Leos. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's most it's people energy. don't do the job yes. very well. So yeah. I I definitely yeah. understand why you're like, yeah. let's just do it like this. Yeah, well, and I'm sure you've had this experience as well. Like when, as I said, I, I got contacted by the adjuster and they wanted me to choose a clinic. Mm-hmm. And that actually stressed me out a little bit because... I I hope none of my RMT friends are listening. <laughs> well, they will be. It's a podcast I just I for didn't <laughs> I didn't You're the host. I didn't initially have somebody in mind that I was like, yes, I want this person to handle my rehab. Yeah. Like I didn't have a specific Cairo or physio or RMT. Like there wasn't somebody that I was like, I trust this person. So I wanted to sort of like go through my roster of people and figure out like who would be the best team for me. Yeah. And so when I finally figured out like, okay, this is what I want to do, I called this one place and I told them like, the, these are the, this is the type of therapy I'm looking for. Yeah. And the person on the phone whom I am assuming was the receptionist at the clinic, she yeah. didn't really identify herself, but the person on the phone said to me, well, no, you, uh, you're approved for a block so you can have physio and massage. I was like, pardon me? Yeah. What? Why? Exactly. Like, did you, did you just make that up right now? That's not true. Yeah, yeah. she did. So I was like, okay, never mind. I'll call somewhere else. And that's just how the clinic operates because they find MVA stressful. So they do it one way and and they don't look at it based on the person. They're looking at it based on this is how we do it. Well, and I had even said to her, I said, I'm completely fine with coming in to be assessed and we can discuss my treatment plan. But she was telling me on the phone without ever having met me, without understanding my injuries, you can get physio and massage. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call somewhere else. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I had to find an RMT. A lot of the RMTs in Aurelia, I'm like, could be a conflict of interest. Definitely at my clinic is a conflict Definitely, of interest. Definitely, yeah. I don't know enough other RMTs in Aurelia. I was like, you know what? I'm in Wasaga right now. I'm going to find an RMT in Wasaga. I call this clinic and they're like, well, the Cairo has to assess you in order to approve my treatment plan. I'm like, so a chiropractor has to assess me in order for a massage therapist to treat me. Why can't that RMT assess me and submit the treatment plan? It's just how their clinic operates. Yep. I'm like, that's... I'm an RMT only clinic and we do our own assessments. We submit our own treatment plans given we have to get them signed by the physiotherapist next door if they're in the treatment plan. If not, they have to take it to their family doctor or another clinic will sign it. This is why I was so frustrated because I'm like, I've, I mean, I don't do MVAs anymore. It's been a few years. But but, you get how it works. But I was like, I've done and I've written treatment plans. Like you're, what you're saying to me now is just false. Yeah. You're telling me I can't see a chiropractor. Do you think they know? Do you false. think that person yeah. knew it was false, or do you think that they just didn't know? Well, like I said, I'm assuming it was the receptionist based on the fact that she answered the phone and that she didn't have a lot of information to give me with the questions I was asking. So I was assuming she wasn't a practitioner, but I could be wrong. Mm. And if that's the case, if she's the receptionist, she's doing what the clinic owner is telling her, though. Yeah. Mm. Like she's just relaying information if, if that was the case and she was the receptionist. See, people just not doing their jobs. 
Yeah. Just not knowing what you're supposed to know. Yeah. It's yeah. frustrating as fuck. It is frustrating. <laughs> well, because I started thinking about if I wasn't a therapist, I would just do what the clinic's telling me to do, right? Yeah. Or there's some insurance companies, I don't think this is legal, but they'll tell you which clinic to go to. Like, yeah. have you found a, a massage therapist yet? We referred people to these clinics. It's like, no, I'll decide who treats me. Thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Well, so the insurance, my insurance company, um, they have like their network of clinics, yeah. which they will tell you it's easiest to stay within their network because they work together. But they tell you right off, like upfront, you have the right to see whatever practitioner you want, whomever yeah. you want. So they're I don't telling think they tell you that, that upfront. They, that's exactly what they said to me. They said that you, can, you, did, yeah. you didn't inquire about that first. They they, they didn't brought know you they brought that up to you. No, no, no. You're no. asking me a lot of questions I'm, that I don't I'm remember than, the I'm answer more than, to. I'm more than certain from what I heard from the other other side of the conversation was they were telling you these are preferred clinics. You should go yeah. here because this uh, is, makes it easy. And then you were like, "Can I not just see anybody that I want?" And they're like, "Oh." Of course you can, but then we prefer. So they didn't How even do they offer that. They become a right. preferred clinic. Oh, because they're probably throwing crazy kickbacks? dough at it. That's yeah. the only way I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure, but he, he might be right. Like I said, I'm yeah. still right. a little dun, foggy dun, dun, where <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but no, that feels. <laughs> yeah, but they were. Uh, I I called probably three different clinics. One clinic um, basically told me they couldn't see me for two weeks, and I was like, what? I just got hit by a car yesterday. You can't see me for two weeks because your plan would have to be approved, probably. But they were one of the they were one of the preferred clinics. I was like, well, that's weird. So then I called the other place, who told me, nope, you can only get physio and massage. And I was like, okay, this is getting out of hand. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, it's all under control. But if I wasn't a therapist, would I just do what the insurance company and the clinics are telling me to do? Unless you got big dick energy. I like that. I'm going to use it all the time. You can short farm it to BDE. Really? Because I use often BDD, which is big dick day. Those are the days you wake up. Now every day is big dick day because you just have BDE. Oh my God. I think he just made his day. Girls have it too. Of course. I have a big dick. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's see it. Let's see it. Although I can't stop thinking about that uh, Facebook meme I saw recently that was like, why is it that balls are associated with strength and like a pussy is associated with weakness? Yet, like, (laughs) we fucking make people. (laughs) And you kick a guy in the balls, he's going down. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that shit hurts. (laughs) So we might have, I I like the BDE for you, but I might have to come up with something better for me. Sure. And I might have to actually start. Being more assertive, I'm definitely I not. I think you should. Like when I when I feel it's like I'm being too, bullied, when I feel like I'm yeah. being bullied, I literally call him in and I'm like, "Can you yell at this person? Because like, they're not listening to me. to me." No, you yell at them yourself. It's fun too. Don't Give you yourself feel a good pep talk it? before you do it. And yeah, just like Paul in Rudd in the mirror. Hey, what movie is that? Wonderlust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dick. <laughs> well, I called Mark uh, yesterday. I went. The greatest seat. It's ever, so weird though. <laughs> I called him yesterday when I was was pulling out of... Where was I yesterday? <laughs> I'm not listening to it, I'm by sorry. the way, because it's so awkward. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was pulling out of a restaurant where I went to pick up dinner for myself and the kids. Yeah. And I called and placed an order and said, I'll be there at three o'clock to pick it up yeah. because I had to pick the kids up from school at 3.30. Yeah. I get there at 3.06. So I'm late. Yeah. My food's not ready. Yeah. I started yelling at everybody. (laughs) I was like, why did I order then? I could have just walked in here if you're going to put it in the box right in front. And then anyway, I called him when I left and I was like, you'd be so proud of me right now. (laughs) And it felt good. I told them. (laughs) Did it feel good? It felt good. It felt a little good. 
feels it felt really a little good. good. So I was like, come help on. Them. They'll now be better, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully they'll learn from that scenario and they'll be a better business. It's a win-win. Yeah. I was like, man, I placed the order specifically for three o'clock because I had to go pick up my kids at 3.30. Why isn't it ready? Mm-hmm. But anyway, my yelling got my uh, my food there really quick. They gave me somebody else's food who wasn't there to pick up. So <laughs> sorry, lady that was coming in after me. I took your food. No, you can't. You can't. You, you, you can't have that big dick moment then apologize yeah. for any part of it. You just got to own it. Have you just met me? <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. Yeah. We'll work on it. Yeah, it's a work progress. <laughs> Anything else that we want to get out of Roxanne while we're here? Um, are we going to have any more ink to... Uh, Tattoo? Yeah. Are we going to do anything else to say, oh, like, yeah. I survived this? I had a really great tattoo planned, yeah. and I even booked it, and then the tattoo artist fucked my appointment up, and I went for the appointment, and she wasn't there, mm. and I have a brain injury, right? So I mix things up. Right, right, right. And I looked at my phone four times to make sure, like, this is the day and time I'm supposed to get, and it was. She fucked it up. Mm. So I haven't got it. And now I'm like, do I want it? Do I not want it? What, what, what is it? Or, or you I'll, don't have to. If you don't. Okay, I'll tell you guys. I don't, I don't often. <laughs> I'll tell you and no one else. <laughs> now, now tons and of everybody else listening. Yeah. I, don't, I don't often like get really get into my tattoos. Right, I, just, right. I don't overthink tattoos. I just fucking get them. People okay. take their body way too seriously. I just I fucking get, ta- get what I want. So I told you guys earlier when I was in the hospital, I felt like Dory. Yeah. So I kept telling myself just keep swimming just keep swimming so i was gonna get just keep swimming in handwriting like at the top of my leg I see, that's cool. and then but anytime someone asks me what it is i'll be like i just fucking like finding nemo mm. i don't like to like dive into them right because i just think tattoos are tattoos yeah yeah yeah, yeah. see I dig that. I have a, a friend who's a personal trainer. She, um, or I was going to say she owns a personal training studio in Scarborough, but Not no, anymore. she closed it, COVID. Um, but she's still training and that is her like life motto. Like whenever things get like crazy and heck, I mean, she has four kids and she's running yeah. a business and whatever. And whenever things go crazy and I say to her like, how are you so positive right now? She's like, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You just yep. go. Yeah. I like, I like it. that. Just keep swimming. I yep. dig it. It's similar to what I got going on there. Yeah. What do you have? I got, I got. I got this the other day, not the other day, right before COVID. Oh, you got that everyone's, beginning everyone, of March. Everyone looks at this say? like, what the hell is that? That's a P over G for Grace Under Pressure. Oh, I like it. it. Kinda, it's from a, a band that I really like. It's one of their albums. Yeah. And uh, it means something to me and it reminds me to stay calm. And <laughs> cool. <laughs> let's see how well that's working right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's working overthink, on it. <laughs> they overthink tattoos. Like once you, you, it blends in. You get used to it. Like you asked me any more ink and I was yeah. like, do it. What? what? Oh, what my tattoos oh, yeah. are showing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You just, yeah. They become part of you. I understand overthinking it. I've, I wanted a tattoo for three years and I kept putting it off and putting it off because I was like, oh, I don't know if it, it's exactly what I want. You know what it is? Did it's you also because you're, I did it. Because your mother it's, probably ooh, gets in your ear and is like, what? Don't do that. And then you, then you overthink it. Well, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't commit. And then he went and got his beginning of March and then COVID happened. Yeah. And then it suddenly hit me. I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to put this off until forever. Like, I'm never going to do it. So as soon as tattoo, um, uh, studios opened back move. up. Yeah. Yeah. As <laughs> soon as they opened back up, I I went there. Mark drove me. I yeah. went there and just made an appointment. I didn't even quite know what I was going to get yet. I just yeah. made an appointment. I'm like, yeah. I'm coming. And then I told him sort of an idea of what I wanted. And he was like, all right, I'll email you a design. And then I went all me and freaked out for the next three weeks because he's an artist. And even though he said I'd get it in three days, it took him until the night before my they, appointment. They typically, like, you show up and then they show you what they yeah. 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 But I was afraid of that. I'm like, what if I get there and I 
hate it. They'll, they'll just tweak it. Yeah. And on top of that, I know. like I was telling you, if you've seen the tattoo, <laughs> I mean, there's there's letters and there's flowers. I mean, that fucking guy does letters and flowers all fucking day all long. Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He can do it in his sleep. That's what Mark said. He's like, there's no way he could fuck this and up. They, it's letters they and flowers. You know what looks good, too. Like, you have to trust yeah. the tattoo artist because they know what looks good as a tattoo and on your body and what area. Now I understand. Yeah. But I, yeah, for three years, I kept saying, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get this tattoo. I'm going to get this tattoo. And now, now it's not a really big deal, right? Now, now I forget it's there. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, am I going to get more? I don't know. Mark keeps saying he's going to get a Sharpie and write his name on me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll tattoo over top of now. <laughs> Mark, Mark writing Mark. That's essentially what you have. I did a doodle because Mark had told me for his first tattoo, he told me what he wanted. Yeah. I did a doodle that was supposed yeah. to be like the idea to give to the artist. And that was it. And that, the artist turned it into a stencil. So my doodle is on his arm. Yeah, I get there I like and he, I'm like, what's this? He's like, well, this is what I came up with. I'm like, no, 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 no. Do you still have what I sent you? Let's just do that. <laughs> and so, you know, he hated that whole time he was yeah. sitting because it's not his work. He's just like, yeah. I'm just fucking tracing someone, someone else's, else's yeah. shit now. <laughs> and it's not even another artist, probably. It's no. probably his wife. Yep. I'm like, yeah, it's my wife. That was me. <laughs> That's awesome. That was me like stoned yeah. doodling one night. And now it's all <laughs> I <love laughs> forever. That. I love that. Don't overthink it. It's great. Don't I'm, okay. it. I'm cool with it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Right I like on. it. Anything else you guys want to wrap up then? Well, I mean, we could chat all day, but this has been yeah. really fun. Thank awesome. you for having us here. I am Thanks just so happy to see you like strong and positive and yeah. functioning and going to 16 rehab appointments a week. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you look good. So thank you. All Thanks is good. Co- Thanks for coming up. Right on. It's been fun. Yeah. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace. <laughs>